0: Hi folks, uh, my name is Louis Nell, I'm a lawyer based in Johannesburg, with the main focus of my business being tourism, but also small business and medium-sized enterprises. Tourism, for those who align tourism with travel agents, it's a bit broader than that, incorporating tour operators, hotels, lodges, game lodges, guest houses, game ranges, adventure sport, like skydiving and kitesurfing, transport, buses, medium vehicles, car hire, planes, ships, etc. So it's quite a broad area, uh, but for the purpose of this session, I hope to reach all of you. I'm do, doing a number of talks based on my concept of the jigsaw. The reason being that most of us at some point in our lives whether at a younger age or older age have been completing jigsaws. And as we all know, a jigsaw is not complete until all the puzzle pieces have been inserted and inserted correctly. Likewise, risk comprises of a jigsaw Business in progress at my end, but so far my risk jigsaw comprises 30 pieces, of which the bulk is documentary, and then, then there's also those that you deal with on the ground. This is a matter of introduction. Some examples of the documentary ones is your website, website terms and conditions, website privacy policy, frequently asked questions, and so on. On the physical side, it has to do with signage at your premises where the risk areas lie in your premises from a game reserve to a factory where you have to wear a hard hat, etc. I will deal with this scenario of risk or in sequence of a concept I have developed called the critical transactional path. That is that each transaction, whether it's from your extensive overseas travels to having your car repaired at a panel beater, incorporates a critical transactional path, what I refer to as the CTP. For example, when you want to go and travel, you'll do some research on the internet and then design the whole trip yourself or take your concept to a travel agent who will then flesh out the detail. Transport to and from the airport, flights overseas or conversely, if you're traveling locally, the journey which is the best way to travel Road conditions via, for example, the AA and so on. On the other hand, if you go to a panel beater, you'll arrive with your vehicle, he you will assess the damage, take photographs, give you a quote, carry out the work, etc., etc., and in both cases, you'll ultimately end up with a statement or an invoice. So that's the complete transactional risk path, which I will then now break down into your risk jigsaw, comprising the various pieces I've alluded to earlier. Linked to all of these, of course, in each instance, is different bits of legislation. For example, the disclosure of private and personal information, how you deal with a consumer, the National Credit Act, and so on. And I will try and weave into these talks at the pertinent sections of the jigsaw the legislation involved and a crisp overview of the key issues. So let's look at uh, the first area of concern in my CTP sequence, and that is the intellectual property issues um, and more importantly, your website. If we stand still at the intellectual property issues for a minute and we'll get back to that in more detail later. Uh, is the concept that more often than not an idea comes to mind when you're with your friends and uh, is then explored subsequently without any written documentation. And one of the key areas that become problematic later is who owns the intellectual property. Intellectual property in that regard pertains to the concept, the value in what has been thought about, the percentage in which everybody will share in this venture, etc. More about that later. However, let's look at the concept of a website. And in principle, the saying that a chain is only as its weakest link applies to this risk, risk jigsaw concept. So if we start with what I've alluded to earlier namely intellectual property, let's have a look at the name and or logo of your business. That can be reflected on your website, in the body of the website, or the URL, or it can simply be a bolt from the blue, the proverbial light bulb moment when uh, you suddenly came upon this idea, whether driving your car or discussing something with your mates in the pub. This is then the birth of your brand, and the ownership and management need to be clarified at the outset. Once you have sat down and fleshed out the details of your association with your friends, be it a partnership, a joint venture, or a company, you can then move on to the other more sexy aspects, namely the name and possibly the logo of your business. You can register a name by itself or the name with a logo, which is referred to as a composite trademark, or you can have both of those plus a byline. What is crucial at this juncture is to ensure that you use the letters T for Tommy, M for Mary, short for trademark, in conjunction with any of the above, i.e. name, logo and or byline, to warn outsiders that you already have ownership in a form of a trademark. It's advised that you then proceed as part of a multiple number of things you have to do with your business and whilst you are registering your website to proceed with the registration of the trademark, which, as I said earlier, can comprise three components. These can be registered individually individually, in which case you will have to pay for three registrations or, in some cases, all three combined. Once the trademark has been registered, you will then use the R in a circle, which refers to a registered trademark. The benefit being that you will have 10 years protection from the date of registration and to defend your trademark, all you have to do is to provide any offending party with the certificate of registration. As indicated earlier, it's important to use letters TM as between the period of applying for the trademark and the ultimate registration, and in due course later on, you will develop what's called or referred to as acquired distinctiveness, i.e. your trademark will become distinctive as opposed to that of other parties who may have something similar and may not have the same intellectual property and trademark rights as you have or have developed. It's important to have these things in place before or at least at the same time as instructing a software developer to develop your website and related uh, social media channels such as blogging, Facebook, Twitter, etc. There are many businesses who have instructed software developers to go ahead with the development of their website without having a written contract or without, at least in some written form, including email, having clarified who owns the intellectual property in the website that is to be developed. In conjunction with a website development, you also need two sets of terms and conditions. The one is the obvious one that most people are familiar with, which is your trading terms and conditions, where, for example, you travel with a travel, book, with a travel agent, their T's and C's will say that you travel at your own risk and you have to arrange your own visa, etc. But there's also a secondary set of terms and conditions and that's the use of website conditions. And this is a different type of terms and conditions or T's and C's as it's referred to. So when you are developing your website, bear in mind you have to do a number of the not-so-sexy elements to legitimize your website namely who is going to host your website, the hosting agreement, the management of your website, backups, the alluded T's and C's of usage, website indemnity and privacy policy, as well as a disclaimer. The hosting agreement is fairly straightforward, but it is important that you engage a supplier with a good reputation, integrity and reliability and not be driven by price only. As the saying goes, it's not the price you pay, it's the value you get. The agreement may well extend to include the management and uploading of new data onto your website in future if you do not want to manage the website yourself or you don't have the skills. Once again, the intellectual property issue is an ongoing element that must be incorporated into all communications and all data that is posted on your website. Part of the Entire process, especially given the current blackouts that uh, occur right around the country, or power outages as it's also referred to, is to have a good backup system, whether it is by virtue of a hard drive on-site or ideally off-site, even both. And the other version, for those who are more IT orientated, is to have it on a cloud-based system. In terms of usage of the website I mentioned need to be developed either by looking at what you can download uh, without infringing anybody's copyright from the internet uh, or asking IT personnel or IT-related legal advisors to assist you with the same applying to the indemnity and the disclaimer. The other aspect I mentioned earlier that you need to deal with is a privacy policy. And that incorporates quite a bit of legislation. More recently, the popia Act, Protection of Personal Information, which is linked to the European community GDPR, General Data Protection Regulations with Serious Penalties, and then the other lesser-known legislation, PI, which is acronym P-A-I-A, the Promotion of Access to Information Act, ECTA, Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, as well as the CPA, the Consumer Protection Act. And then finally, one that most cell phone owners are familiar with, the Regulation and Interception of Communications Act, RECAP. Mm -hmm. Folks, uh, on that rather heavyweight uh, note, that's all for this particular insert. We would appreciate uh, if you give us your views on uh, the presentation. Whether it's positive or negative, we'd like to get your views. And if you have any questions, feel free to let us know. Look forward to talking to you again. Just to let you know, the next insert of the jigsaw I will be discussing is the concept of FAQs or, as it is also known, frequently asked questions. Thank you. Louis now signing off. Bye.